namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa putang dhammang sangang sami So we've been uh, talking about the search for the constant, the deathless, and the problem of of uh, looking for the constant in what is it, what isn't constant. Mm. And yet there is the the constant. Mm. Seems that one of the uh, big uh, problems and almost uh, snags of a, a spiritual process or is the quest itself is that naturally we we tend to you know be looking for some experience mm. some constant experience you know it must be something we have isn't it we get something, we have it, and there we are. We, we're, we're all right now. We got it. <laughs> so, as a, you know, you go into this kind of pattern of, of, of that, searching for the experience to have. And of course, there are many experiences to have, and some of them are, are um, steadier, more gratifying, deepening, valuable than others. Yet. Uh, we do acknowledge that none of them are constant. You get into the kind of pattern of of to have, trying to have, trying to have. So particularly when even in kind of like a dumber situation, then you know we can read or think or listen to talks and topics. And wow, this guy had a really profound experience. Meditation really deep for him. He really had something there. I'm like, when, when am I going to get it? I haven't got that. How do I get that? You know, it can be a range of things, can't it? Jhana, samadhi, um, loving kindness, patience. You know, wow, she's really got it together. Wonderful to have that kind of quality. I haven't got that quality. How do I get it? You know? Seems a lot of the time in in meditation as in life in general, we're trying to have something, um, recognize, perhaps uh, realizing that uh, what is constant is we're always with something. Mm. You know, we're always with something, aren't we? You know. <laughs> Whatever that means. But you see, there's a difference between trying to have something and to be with something. Mm. Yeah. And... Uh, you know what? What we're with 
changes. And yet, we can always say that, well, all the time I'm with something, you know, just happens I don't really like it, that's all. <laughs> it doesn't seem very useful or valuable or, um, you know. So, we may have the example, is it better to be with some agitation or feeling a bit agitated, trying to find a place where we could be steadier. We'd like to have the steady experience rather than to be with the agitated experience, which which we do. So, of course, I imagine that most of our habits, patterns would be well get me out of this to the to the other place, get me to the good bit so we, we do this kind of lurch or rip or push or tug to get to the steady place but often the tug itself makes you feel a bit rocky and uh, slightly tetchy or um, you know like you didn't get it right where, where were you so now you've got to get that so you get a bit of a residue or even the, the trying to get it uh, and you feel a bit you know, because you know, like you weren't with it, so you, okay, you try and get that state. You're a little pushed, a little bit on edge to get there. And you get it, and then you know, actually, that residue itself, the the sense of tension or stress or aversion, actually means that the steady experience is not really pleasant. It's a kind of gripped, you know, hold something we grip, we we clutch, rather than really rest into. So that when we get to something, and yeah, it's kind of, you feel a bit steady for a while, but, but the very way one's got there actually undermines the, the ripeness or the loveliness or the fruition of that. Because you're still carrying a kind of a, a tension or a stress or a or wrong energy, an energy that's forceful or demanding or whatever. And then, of course, actually... It means you don't really deepen into that, so one isn't able to, to fully deepen in and absorb that, rest in that. Uh, and of course, it's uh, that experience tends to pass anyway. Sooner or later, you come out again. Oh. So, you know, I tried and I had it, and then I lost it. And, oh dear. But then you can say, well, just being with what's going on. Well, we can do that, I suppose, but just being, you know, it's the sounds or the agitation or the worries or the doubts, you know, not seem to be getting very far. I mean, you feel pretty frayed just being with everything that's going on. So, the, but there is a kind of a, a, a way in which these, these two modes, being with and having, neither of which are are in themselves um, conclusive or resultant, they kind of merge in that you strength by trying to, just by developing, strengthening the ability to be with something, it doesn't mean, you know, we work on that. Hmm. So we have things, like we, we, we have situations, we have meditation retreats, we have meditation objects, we're presented with things, we go to things, we approach things, we pick things up, we, we work like that. Not really to have the experience, but that we, if you like, the muscle of the mind gets stronger just by doing that. Yeah. 
and uh, and then we find that actually the quality of being with has a strength to it, which means it's not it's no longer taken over by what we're with. So rather like a you know difference between being a cup and being a sponge, you can actually hold the experience without just um, soaking it up. In some way, remains un, unpervaded by, by experiences, and yet with them, we're not. Therefore, therefore, there's a kind of steadiness through that, and uh, um, a sense of, of openness and a kind of innocence to it. Mm. And what do we develop? What do we, through, through practices of various kinds, recollections, resolutions, determinations, um, moment, moment awareness, um, staying with one thing, seeing it through, lengthening our attention span, we, we strengthen and we enhance the quality of intent, which is that sense of a center to the mind or a center of, of presence, you know, really with something. So you strengthen that ability to, to, to fully hold or attend to something, an object. You develop that. You strengthen the, the sense of recognizing whatever arises is, is, is momentary, flickering. Mm. It's always, you can begin you, through, through mindfulness, you strengthen that sense of Everything it changes, it wobbles, it wavers, it fluctuates, it, it, it fluctuates, it rushes, it so forth. And probably what um, sometimes gets overlooked is, is the quality of spaciousness, the trust develops. Although this is something that is quite develops quite can develop quite slowly because it's much much subtler. It's not something we actually do. You don't really do trust. You don't do awareness. You don't do spaciousness. It's these, these qualities, which, to my mind, represent the third um, basis of of mind consciousness. Hmm. Because of the other two, because of the sense of intent, the strength the samadhi, the, the determination, that quality, and because of the skill of, of mindfulness, which enables you to see there's nothing really to, to latch onto or snag onto, just it'll pass, it'll change. Because of those two, the other, arise, the other becomes apparent. There is always a spaciousness, there is always a being with. This is the very nature of consciousness in a way. Is that it has this quality of being with something, but it's immediately taken over and reactive to what it's with. It's no longer spacious, it's always filled with something. Yeah. And it's how do we... Uh, so, with this, so this quality of spaciousness develops and ripens through for, more forms of directed practice. Yeah. And it's a spaciousness that uh, 
can be with without holding on. It doesn't get invaded, it doesn't get overtaken. Uh, and it's something you begin to um, at least bear in mind, recognize, because we all have that. But it, it's like a, um, a child. It needs, it needs the right kind of um, nourishment, time, protection. No matter how much you nourish a kid, it won't, it's got to take time to grow. And encouragement, yeah, coming back to it. So quite a lot of our practice is, is not just about holding on and picking up, it's about letting go and uh, not having experiences. Yeah. Anything's changed, anything's passed, emptying out. Yeah. Just pricking the bubble of the tension to get and have and become and make and do and find and discover and so forth. Just, just <coughs> coming out of that. What's wrong with being where you are? Well, what's wrong with it <laughs> is contact. <laughs> it comes down to that, doesn't it? Contact is what's wrong with it. <laughs> Something gets in and winds me up. Something gets in and gets, causes me to, to get agitated, unbalanced, lose gravity, lose centre. No spaciousness. Mm. And there are the uh, contact is a twofold, really. There's the contact, which is just the nature of um, consciousness arising. You see something, you, know, you hear something, boom. And then there's the contact, which is the more like internal, which is the mental impression. Something leaves and or something that gets generated there. The the worry, the fear, the agitation, the uh, pleasure, displeasure. You know, we, something gets taken in, doesn't it? You know, something, if you like, touches us, and then something in us takes that in and formulates it. This is good. Oh, I like this one. This one. Oh no, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. fundamentally it's like that so you get these two particular currents arise from the internal contact one is called uh, bhava which is the sense of becoming something it means more of this, more of this, more of this I want to develop and have, yeah, get on that one the other one is vibhava which means you know, let me get away from this pull out, ignore, block, stop, hide, run you know, and you get this kind of switch back of, of these two currents, and they oscillate. Yeah? And that's the level of internal contact of how things strike us. And how, well, how we call it how things strike us, but how something in us formulates experiences. And we always, we always say, oh, it's a thing, it's, it's the thing's fault. Yeah, and this is, of course, the, the big bit of um, deception. It's a thing's fault. It's her fault. She shouldn't have said that. It's his fault. He shouldn't have done that. It's the that's fault because it shouldn't have happened. We don't say 
why did I formulate that? Because we often don't have much control over it. We just starts happening. Somebody says something, does something, looks at one, and then this, this, all this patterning arises. One finds one's formulating it into resistances or excitement or longing or, and then, wow. And then, well, he shouldn't have said that, done that. You know? But uh, just to, I think what one begins to recognize, you know, through the, the mill of life, is contact is inevitable. You know, there's no place on this blue-green planet where we're going to get away from something, seeing, being seen, being heard, being touched, being thought. Hmm? You can do, so you can, you can kind of channel that. We can screen it a bit. But unless we really take responsibility for the internal contact, yeah, then we never get to the end of those two currents, wanting to have, wanting to not have. Which is all based upon this uh, fundamental you know, view of having experiences. And it's very revealing about what experiences we have. Yeah. This tells us where our, where our patterning is, where our attachment is. <clears throat> uh, the other, this, this last few days I've, I was given, um, well partly given, partly just took, <laughs> but uh, a few days to be uh, on my own in solitude and um, it's so yeah this is nice great uh, great offer just even five days because it's uh, teaching retreat is not the same as just being on one you know in a way one is both dealing with one's own process and then also you know, things going on, there's always a certain amount of stuff happening. Um, and for me, this time has been, one has always got a few other things going. And it, one is the, the sense of that uh, I'll be going away for about a year, you know, in a month or two's time. So something I've got to plan, get ready for that. I Means sort some stuff out, make sure that you've got the visas, tickets, um, you've kind of finished off what you needed to do here. You've tidied up your cootie, you get rid of things you don't want, make the place so that it's okay for Ajahn Samadhi when he comes, and sort out any monastic business so that things are set up properly. This kind of thing, you know, you can imagine there's plenty of juice in that one to get going on. There's three books I'm supposed to be getting finished, you know, which who knows when they happen or not, um, and so on and so on and so on. And then there's the sense of, well, what are we, you know, looking after the running of the retreat, various ways. It's not a huge amount. The amount is not huge. It's the sense of having that particular nerve alive and throbbing. Yeah? It's not, not a matter of, of how much. It's the fact that particular piece of, of the nervous system is, is just pulsing away, like just on the lookout. 
on the alert, hovering around. Is this right? Okay, check that. Is it, yes, okay. Well, like a policeman doing his rounds, you know. No, no, nobody's breaking in, but you still got to do the rounds. So, well, so well, you know, I can get five days. I just stop this, you know. It's the, you know, close the door, get in my cootie. Think, people say, do you want to go to the forest? No, you know, because even that means figure out what I want to take. <laughs> just don't have to figure anything. Just look at the wall, you know. <laughs> anyway, I think on day two, there's this funeral. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, well, I got you know, death, funeral, yeah, okay. So it was the funeral of Venerable Kasabo's father, so I went, okay, go to the funeral, but there's just a neat strike, surgical, funeral, bump, their back, you know, done. So that's it. Okay, yeah. So, okay, get in, the, get in the bus, sign it, driving on the road, sign it, sign it, sign it. I've forgotten when the first actual uh, bit of speech happened, it was over something or the other. Yeah. Wasn't, so that was okay. Minor accident on the way, still I managed to just kind of mindfully note we had a little accident. Just note it, didn't make anything out of it, just let it go, fine, keep going. <laughs> Get to the, it's been pretty well, got to the, didn't try too much to navigate the way, managed to let go of a bit of that. Got to the crematorium, okay, you know, a uh, few people I knew, tried to keep it fairly polite but cool, you know, I'm on retreat now, hello, very nice to see you. Then a hundred, hundred Hell's Angels turn up <laughs> on Harley Davidson's. Fine, I manage that. Throb it. Broom, 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 broom. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice. <laughs> the local chapter of the, uh, the uh, um, Harley owners, Harley Davidson owners group, of which the Casabo's uh, father was a leading light. So get, get in the crematorium. Um, you know, a bit of music playing, fine, let it pass. You know, people sobbing and breaking down. Okay, just be with that. So, born to be wild, yeah, being with that. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Wolf and so forth. Well, doing okay, get out the door, right, okay, that's enough of that, yeah. So then, let's get back. Oh, well, okay, have someone, have some lunch. A little bit of negotiation of where the lunch is going to be, still, we got through that. Then we'll drive, we'll drive back along the coast. Well, we stop off at the sea. Okay, just sit in the vehicle and stop off, go for a walk. Okay, still doing all right. A little bit frayed around the edges. Um, and then somewhere on the way back, somebody asked me about the um, possibility of a particular event happening in the monastery. You know, could this, and what, you know, vital decision now? And that, that was the end of it. <laughs> like that one got in there. Suddenly it was, well, you know, uh, oh, what do I have to think about this now? Maybe now. And so um, that one. So that stayed with me for a day and a half. Mm. Worrying about that. And just, hmm. The others would just slip by, you know. Quite, seemingly quite powerful sensory experiences. You know. Hundred guys on motorbikes, mm. yeah, and just one particular topic of thought, 
a little conversation about five minutes, stay a day and a half with that. The various echoes and resonances of should it be this, could it be that, maybe uh, just seeing the kind of patterning of what actually one gets snagged on responsibility or my place or something about the future, something involving the Sangha, were you concerned, something involving Dhamma, you concerned. You know, there I am in there trying to make it work get it right, sort it out, steady it. And uh, then getting a little bit edgy about having this going on, and stop it now, it's enough. But on the other hand, yeah, 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 okay, just stop it now. (laughs) Uh, uh, And then somewhere in the middle of that, I kind of, maybe I just, why do I have to keep Denying the fact that I've got a mind that can reason and think things through. What, you know, just because I don't want to be in that space right now, my mind can do that. Can I just, uh, just step back and contemplate the process of the mind formulating ideas? Okay, step back. And since it's just sort of since the energy gathering up and watching this energy just moving around and oof, it just kind of <laughs> just dissipated. <laughs> it didn't actually, it started to form an idea, but because I was just with the energy of that, it didn't actually go into the idea. It just kind of, the energy moved around and then it sort of seemed to go into this space, spacious quality and then settled into a sense of presence, being present, steadying, and I can feel the breathing, which is generally for myself the kind of the uh, track I come back, I, I establish it's my kind of call sign, if you like. Wow. And all that attempting not to have it, to figure it out, to not have the experience, to find a successful answer to the experience, to decide, and that wasn't getting anywhere. You're actually just making a full attempt to just be with the experience as experience rather than pushing it towards a conclusion or stopping it happening or feeling happy with this or pleasant with this. Because then there wasn't any of the sense of wanting to have or wanting to not have. And so the internal contact impression, which is all there was, I mean, nobody wasn't as if I was getting this message said to me every moment of the day. It had been said a day before, but it was still in the heart. So there was no external contact at all. It was just purely internal contact impression churning away. And it's going on and on. Wasn't going on continually, but it would come back every, you know, every hour or so, every, you know, now and then it would come back again, and with a little, little bit edge to it. Mm. And another day, I went out for a, 
thought I'd go out for a walk. After, after the meal, I had the meal, so generally I do walking meditation after the meal. I thought, well, I'll you know, go into the forest, just walk through the forest, have a bit of a vigorous walk, some exercise, getting a bit stale and stiff sitting in the kuti. <clears throat> so I went out the forest, just went out the door, wow, <laughs> green, you know, sparkling dewdrops, leaves, woof. <laughs> you know, okay, stay with this. Down into the forest, this tremendous, uh, uh, you know, sort of being completely surrounded by forest, if you see what I mean. It's like you just get a sense of the, the hugeness, even it's not a very big forest, but it's no longer something you're looking at, it's something that's much bigger, you're just in it. I found this very, uh, very moving just to be soaked in it, soaked in forest. And the greenness and the smelliness and the wetness and the vibrancy and the bird song, this kind of um, you know, multi sensual experience. So I was getting, you could feel the energy of that, just moving through that. And I'm walking along this muddy track, and then I noticed a lot of the trees that we planted in their sleeves. He's got these plastic sleeves. And again, I look at one. Come on, okay, you're doing all right. And I walk along a bit more and see another one. Oh, you know, yeah, okay. So I want them to be nice big trees, you know, and they're little saplings. Looking at these things. And give a bit of encouragement, you know. <laughs> and I notice one's where it's fallen over. The stake has fallen over. So there's, there's things lying a bit. Oh dear. So, oh dear, you're going to get eaten by rabbits like that. So I pick it up, push the stake into the ground. Okay, you'll be all right now. Give a little bit of a pep talk. Move along. There's another one blown over. Well, I better push that one up then. Walk. There's two or three blown over over there. And then this one's looking like it's getting strangled by by bracken. And I clear some of this dead bracken away. This one, the wire's broken. Maybe I will get this bit of wire off. You know, looking on this. About. And there's another couple over there. And I'm walking on. My goodness, there's another one over there. Uh oh. <laughs> So I did about eight or nine of these things, and after about, so first it was just doing it, then I started to get a pattern arising, and then I felt myself becoming almost the, the, um, the victim of this pattern. You know, so first of all I perpetrate it, first of all I do one thing, and I do the same thing again, what seems to be the same thing again, then I find myself stuck in it. And then I sort of think, why doesn't anybody else do this, you know? People are living out here for a month on end. I come out here for ten minutes <laughs> fixing trees. There's people living out here for a month. Why don't they do some of this? So you get into the sense of, uh, you know, some, some grievance there. Uh, how did all that happen, you know? From just seeing something and doing it to, you know, summing it all up and then to, to starting to create a pattern of, of um, irritation out of, out of doing something good. Yeah. So, you know, that's the internal contact impression. You know, what one builds up, what one formula, what gets formulated. <clears throat> 
So I get back to the cootie, you know, okay, you know, recover. <laughs> what is there to recover from, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah. what is there to re- Just kind of you push, push eight saplings, eight or ten saplings a little bit further into the ground and propped them up. Was that, that a big deal, you know? How are you going to live your life? So these are... Uh, you know, this is the problem of this internal contact, these, these impressions, how they, they, uh, they stir up and uh, create and feed into, fed by these drives to make something work or stop something happening. And then we, then we start to wish we didn't have those drives and then we start to blame other people for making us do it or whatever it is, you know, or blame situations or blame ourselves or... Why can't I get into despair? Why, you know, I'm always overwhelmed by everything. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, you know, because contact has not been understood. I mean, not intellectually understood, but contact has not been actually fully um, penetrated, fathomed, uh, felt, uh, released um, with mindfulness, with intent, and with spaciousness. Yeah. Once we, once we lose, when something gets that going, you know, once you get that stirring, going, then the very stirring of that changes one view into having or not having. Most of the time, actually, we're running along on just being with, aren't we? There's being with as the basic thing. And then, you have, then you go have this and have that, and then you're just being with and have this, and you do that, and you make this, and you're being with. It's rather like you, you, your norm, the underground state, the basic state, is just being with something. And then, you know, you get flickers of, oh, focus on that, or push that away. And that's... Then those are the experiences that then um, lock, and then the whole thing gets stirred up. And somebody today we were mopping the floor in the dumb hall. We do this every every Saturday after the meal: sweep, mop, floor. And somebody was saying it's actually before you start mopping the floor, mopping the floor. Is something you don't want to do. Once you're mopping the floor, mopping the floor is fine. <laughs> it's just mopping the floor. It's quite nice actually, just kind of swish, 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 swish. But before you do it, you might, you've got this idea of, or you've got this sense of, want to have nothing happening or something else happening, and then the idea of actually having that happen you know, is an experience I don't want to have. So it's something in the future, though. When you're doing it, you don't really you don't really have the experience because you're just in it, just moving along in it. And then you can find when you really get when you do it, when you get into it and do it, then you find within that you can find your steadiness, your mindfulness, and your spaciousness within what you're doing. And that really is the whole. Um, essence of meditation, isn't it? 
I mean, essentially, there's nothing that's that um, unique about breathing in and out as an experience. There's any more, you know, um, than any any other experience apart from it's internal. We can be without. It's portable, and it has particular effects on the body that, that are beneficial. And it's very nice. Yeah. But once one classifies the experience that we want to be with, it becomes an experience that I want to have. And then other experiences are experiences I don't want to have. And this is the whole snag we get into with, with meditation, you know, with Dharma practice, even with, uh, I want to have this state of mind and not that state of mind. And in that, in that experience of, of having or trying to not have, this is where you get the sense of um, the patterned self, the developed self appears, or one of them. There actually we have a mul- multiplicity of them. It can be the, uh, you know, the happy one, really getting on and what, getting somewhere, confident. It can be the wretched one dumped on, feeling miserable. You know, we have a multiplicity of these things. And uh, one of them arises, and then uh, we recognize it as me in my good space, as me in my not-so-good space, as me um, having, you know, doing the good thing, as me not having the right thing. And uh, that's the whole um, dilemma, isn't it, of, of contact. Contact, internal contact, when we when we generated, when it gets generated and, and uh, you know, gives rise to the sense of what I am. And that sense of what I am, as it appears, is what we feel at that particular moment, is the constant. This is what I am. You know, here I am again. The other stuff was a dream and now I'm in the real thing. You know. The bad time was just a blip on the screen and now I'm in my real good space. This is really where I am. And then the bad time happens. Well, all that other happy stuff was just an illusion. Now I'm in the, you know, my basic, inadequate, depressed, miserable state. You know, this is, this is it. This is the truth. So, <laughs> whatever we, you know, the, the current one that's running, that we seem to be, the mood that goes with it is this really is the truth. This is the constant. And it's, it takes that sense of, of, okay, this is who I am, right? Because that's what it appears to be. You know, if we just, um, just be with that. Hmm. Don't try to be something other than that. But certainly don't feed that one. Just be with it however, however you can. For me, it's often energetically I'm with it. That is, I feel the energy of it. Here I'm going into my grudgy, grumpy state. Yeah. Here I'm going to my playful state, or whatever it is, and feel different energies move around. Okay, just here I am again, this is me, hello. And rather than, rather than approach it psychologically or emotionally, I just approach it energetically, it's just feeling it 
it, is it affects, it certainly has mood effects, voices come up, but um, they, they, uh, I find the energy level of it less, something that's got less person to it. I just kind of feel the tension, the contraction, tightening in the chest, rushing into the head, wherever it is. And just, mm-hmm, okay. Now just to, just to be with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's changing by itself. Of course it takes a bit of doing, because there's so much instinct to interpret that, that state as immediate interpretation, I'm worried, immediate interpretation, I'm fed up, immediate interpretation, I'm happy. You know? And then immediate interpretation, then the kind of, well now because I am happy, we do this or we can do that, or because I'm miserable, and then the whole dimensions start to open up. And we're on the, on the slide, we're on the move, we're on the projecting, we're on the, let's go this way, let's go that way, we're on the, uh, the, uh, dis- the displacement, it's, it's her, it's him, it's them, it's, it's that, you know. Suddenly it becomes a whole multi-dimensional thing, isn't it, once we're on the move. And just to be with that, just feel it out. You might, you might say for you, you might think, Feel out the emotion of it. This is worry. This is joy. This is um, whatever positive emotion, negative emotion. Okay. So we're not at that time. We're not saying we shouldn't experience joy or shouldn't experience worry. That's where the spaciousness opens, and. Um, the energy of that can then move, shift, and it tends to just finish itself. It doesn't mean it, it's cut off, it means it comes to a place of rest. And as it rests, we uh, come back to, or we arrive again at a at base, at a sense of intent, a sense of presence. Hmm. There's a process there. So I'm saying essentially that contact is inevitable. You know, and there's plenty of space actually, and we can fill it. You know, a three-minute conversation can fill my space for a good day or two, depending what it is, the intensity of it, how much it affects me, how much it fits into my personality programming and so forth. Um, so I think, well, you know, no need space around here. Well, actually, you only had a three-minute conversation. <laughs> so contact is inevitable. Something's going to be said, heard, seen, remembered, touched, smelt. It's going to, yeah. That is inevitable. What you can do something about, we can do something about, is the internal impression. And just look at this, reckon it this way. Now what we can do about external contact, 
something disagreeable. We can shut it off, can't we? We can switch the radio off, we can say, go away, we can turn it off, we can close our eyes, we can boom. Or we can say, I want more of that, turn the volume up, say some more. So we've got that way of we can, we can resist and uh, we, can, we, can do, we can either have more, we can have less on the level of the senses. So we, we all know that. It doesn't work with internal contact. Works fine. Sense restraint, you can do that. It doesn't doesn't work. That that process, that that way of dealing with things doesn't work with internal contact. You can't tell yourself not to feel anything. Okay, well I won't feel anything. I've had that feeling, right, that's enough of that. Turn away from that. Mm. Had that mood, yeah, noted, right, enough, stop. <laughs> Doesn't work, does it? <laughs> yeah. It's a different system. And you've got to understand the two. And really, yeah, there's external contact, which we're saying right now, this, is, this story, this retreat is sense restraint. Story of this is, this simplify, be quiet, sacrifice a few things. Mm. Sacrifice a bit of efficiency, you know. Just stop writing letters, you know. Let's just, just, you know, do this for this, just as, as a practice. Let's cut this thing off, you know, not as a final ideology, but just as a practice. We can do that. Bit of a struggle, we can do it. It doesn't work with internal contact. You shut all that off, and the internal contact's still going. The memories, the moods, the opinions about yourself, the feelings about what, what, you know, the, the spiritual quest, and so forth, goes on, and you can't shut it off. And the attempts we have to shut it off are often um, really disastrous. People get very tired. You know, it's the line about you, you know, closing the stable door after the horse has bolted. You close the door afterwards and the horse is already gone. Well, this is like trying to close the door to keep the horse out when it's actually in the stable. You know, you're going, right, close it, close it, that, that should stop it, but actually it's in there. <laughs> you're stopping it getting out. <laughs> so the more that we try to not have these internal experiences by stopping it, you know, which is what we can do with the external stuff, the more we kind of bolt it in there. And of course, you know, we work on the same kind of way of internal contact that we do with external contact. It's a different system. You can't say, you know, don't feel the aversion. You can't say, don't feel the sadness. And stop and cut it out because it's in there. That particular quality of energy of, of stopping actually just tightens everything up. So we, we can find this in meditation. You know, you're being a bit stirred up, right? You, the instinct is to try to, to stop it, shut it down. That's the instinct, isn't it? And you get tight. And maybe you kind of push it back a bit, but it's still... <laughs> and you, it comes welling up, you know? And for most people, they actually don't have the, the, uh, the ability to suppress 
um, much of this internal stuff. And we think, well, it's got, I can't meditate, I'm not a good suppressor. Yeah. But actually, you know, a lot of the internal stuff is to be processed rather than suppressed. It doesn't mean going through an analysis or a, a huge dialogue with it. It's just, and essentially, the, the nature of meditative process, anyway, as meditation, you know, there are other processes you can go through. You can kind of look at it, analyze yourself, or whatever. The meditative process is just the spaciousness. It means you suddenly you you get off the topic, stop resisting, let go of the self-image about what you should be or shouldn't be. All those patterning, you know, the self is a pattern. The reactions are a pattern. The ideologies about what you should or shouldn't be. That's all part of the same patterning process. It's all sankara. And they actually, that patterning it acts like a kind of like a net, and it holds everything in. It's like you wrap this pattern around it, and that, that retains it. It doesn't, it doesn't clean out, it retains it. Once you begin to see how the sense of yourself, the particular repeated patterns that, you create, that get created, and these tides of wanting to have, wanting to get rid of, how they're all pretty much part of the same essential movement. Then, you know, the only thing you, you need to know is how to break the net, stop the pattern, let go of the movement. And it's that, this is what spaciousness is about. Of course, it's not a spaciousness, it's just woolly, wobbly, you know, whatever, who cares? It's a spaciousness, it's like very firmly held spaciousness. Uh, it's a precious spaciousness, it's a sacred spaciousness. So we take these impressions, these contact impressions, these internal processes, you know, however, you know, mundane or trivial they may be, we, we there's a certain quality of approaching them as sacred. You know? Just give it room. These things are often telling us or touching into, however, touching into to strong tendencies, important tendencies, very crucial tendencies. However silly and trivial they may be on one level, you know, the, 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 the word, the verbiage, you know, or the emotional, emotions can be seen immature, one's little tantrums and, uh, and so forth. But actually they're, they're, they, they are touching into quite uh, significant um, bhava, becoming, non-becoming patterns. So we, if we can learn this, then the more we can actually ventilate or you know, hold this stuff with spaciousness, then we can actually uh, clean out or allow a process to occur which, which cleans out this uh, tendencies, either specifically the tendency to have particular qualities of patterns, you know, to be um, depressive or excited or whatever, you know, 
two obvious examples, we tend to go up. People, people's energies tend to go up a lot, or people's energies just got to sink a lot. <laughs> you can always feel it. You know, which, which way you, and we all have both of those, I imagine, but you might have be stronger one way or another. So there's the particular specific quality of the patterns, and then the very, the very nature of being patterned at all, which is much more uh, fundamental. That wanting to find constancy in a pattern, wanting to be a stable person. And uh, to, to be able to let go of that, we have a lot of trust in the quality of space because that's the only thing that's going to take us out of having to, having to hold it when the space holds us rather than the other way around. Like all things, um, in terms of Dhamma practice, it's, uh, you know, it's easier said than done. But just the encouragement that we can just to acknowledge that little piece of, of mind, that piece of territory, that sense of space, and to acknowledge what we have to do with contact. And then you've got something that uh, you can work with, whatever life is throwing at you. Anyone? From the top, Tita. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God.